Found speeding on my end, Ooh. so that's a, that's a thing. Fancy. Ooh, I got that jargon. <laughs> so much jargon. Great. So welcome to the podcast that doesn't have a name yet. Yeah, we do not have a name yet. That is uh, that's That complicates things a little bit, doesn't it? But by the time it goes live, there'll be a name, right? But that is the hope. I you mean, can't post one, it without having a name. <laughs> the unnamed podcast, which will change its name halfway through like the third episode. Uh, that sounds about our speed. So. It's true. But but we do have topics and we do have, uh, you know, we're headed in a direction. So at least there's that. I guess the let's. OK, so let's do this. Um, let's let's start and I guess clue everybody in as to why we're here and why we're doing this, mm-hmm. because I feel like who are we? We're just two dudes that happen to, like, you know, hold cameras for a living. True. Um, so. Let's kind of start back from the beginning, maybe? Sure. Okay. Hey, everybody. My name's Ashton. I'm a photographer based out of Atlanta. I am David. I'm a photographer based out of New Jersey. And so we actually met uh, somewhere along the way in our creative paths and got to thinking, like, got basically got to know each other and knew that we were, or learned that we were pretty cool dudes in our own respect. So uh, from that, a budding friendship was formed. Ta-da. Ta-da. Um, it's also so, important to note that we have uh, never spent more than probably 22 minutes in a room together. Yes, <laughs> that is very true. Um, they say you find they find that you find you can. Ooh, they say you can find the best people in the strangest ways, and I think that's kind of how our 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 friendship started very serendipitous type of situation. Mm. Um, so David had uh, a studio in Parsippany, New Jersey, or just outside Parsippany. It was in Parsippany. Um, and I had uh, me being a commercial photographer based in Atlanta. I had a client that shipped me up there to do a gig. I had rented David, uh, David's studio. And in that course of that day, during that shoot, we had, you know, chewed the fat a little bit. He had helped me with some technical bits along the way uh, about his space and uh, come to learn that we're just, I mean, two guys that have dealt with a lot of the same stuff. Um, so since then we've stayed in touch, what, it was like two, three years ago? Two or three years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so a hot minute. And here we are today. Um, you know, we, we started doing these bi-weekly, every, every other week talks where we just talk about industry stuff, talk about what's going on on our plates, and come to find that there's a lot of interesting stuff that we talk about, or at least things that we think are interesting, and that you might find interesting too. So welcome. That's welcome. what this is all about. And, and I think more importantly is removing the stigma from a lot of the things that Guys like us don't normally talk about, meaning photographers in the commercial world who hold everything very close to their chest. Yes, it is a world of secrets. Yeah. Uh, which why 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 do we do that? We should not do that, guys. No. So you should stop listening now if you're keeping secrets. Bottom line. There is no room for you here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there is room for you here. Maybe it'll get you to change your mind and 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 be a little bit more of an open book. Cause I think See? what we've come to find is when, when we're both, when we've been talking about this kind of stuff, you know, there's a little bit of knowledge sharing that goes around and that inherently makes us all better. Correct. And why, why wouldn't we want that as photographers, as creative people, why wouldn't we want that as a collective? Correct. Um, so that's the goal anyway. So you're going to basically jump into a, uh, a conversation with us. Um, we have a couple topics on the list, so we'll yeah. try to we'll try to rein it in and keep it somewhat relative and poignant. Um, but yeah, so the first one, let's do it, David. Kick us off. <laughs> um, this is a big one for me: the importance of having intention 
when making a photograph. Um, uh, this comes from watching a lot of YouTube videos. I stay up late and I watch a lot of YouTube videos and I see a lot of people that they've got their, they've got their Nikon D5 and they just push down. <laughs> they just push down and spray and, and say that they're fashion photographers. And there's no intention behind the photo that ends up on the website or in the magazine or whatever. And yeah, I'll say it. I have a problem with it. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to agree. I'm in the same camp. I think, especially with the world of digital, I think, I mean, I, I grew up slinging cameras, selling film cameras um, as an apprentice. And, you know, you were limited. You had, you had 24 to 36 exposures per roll, or if you were shooting 120, far less. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it was the thing that every photo counted because each photo was money. Right. You know, everything that you, every shot that you wasted, that was time in the lab, that was time in the dark room, that was time sending it off to someone to do it. Sure. And that inherently would cost you, as a business, that would cost you money. Sure. Um, and so I think today with digital being, you know, it's like what, the f digital is cheap. It's, you know, the space is cheap. Car sure. space is nothing. Yeah. Um, it's shoot until you get what you need. Right. And I think to your point, like, maybe there should be more thought into that. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, on an average, you know, product shoot over the course of 10 hours, I'll probably rip 1500 frames if we're doing something interesting, you know? So I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be the, the 40 year old guy that says like, when I was getting started in the business, we thought about every picture because, you know, there is something to say for digital and the fact that things can move faster and we can throw things away and it is a little more disposable and we don't have to worry about the end all be all. But, you know, even with that being said, I, I, I don't know. I, I see a lot of people just not thinking about the photo before they take it. They're just, they're just going, and they're and they're thinking like, well, something will get out of here. And and actually, what what led me to this whole thing more than the YouTube video um, was the new, I believe it's the Google Pixel, which chooses the best photo for you. Have you That's seen this computa computational photography? It's, yeah, it's, which I think is amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. It's amazing. I always joke that I'm one app away from being without a job for mm. the rest of my life. So, uh, yeah, I mean, computational photography, that, that's going to, I mean, like, that's going to take us there or at least closer. I think, I don't know, I think about that and I honestly think that it puts the challenge even more so on us as creative people, as photographers, as image makers, as visual artists, however you want to put that in, in, into words. Um, that puts the drive for us to be, you know, it's like what change, what shapes, a, what shapes an image. It's mm -hmm. the dummy behind the camera, not necessarily the camera. Sure. And so I think that there is even more so now than ever, um, a calling to people like us to say, you are the, the, the stewards of, of good taste and technical form, like do right by it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that goes back to agency life too. I mean, there's, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I've been fielding more and more phone calls where it's, you know, hey, we need pictures of the product or, you know, and, and you go, okay, cool. Well, how many pictures do you need? And they go, well, all of them. And you're like, oh, no, no, I mean like, you know, what are we shooting for? And they're like, well, for everything. There's no intent in the, in uh, if coming from the agency side, I find sometimes, some, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say all the time, obviously, uh, sometimes. And, and, I have trouble kind of managing that shoot in my head. Then I start to think to myself, like, well, where am I going to start? Where am I going to, if if we're just like shooting stuff, you don't need me. <laughs> I spent the good part of my career at an agency. 
almost almost nine, ten years now, uh, or previous to that, ten years, um, building a photography practice. So to that, you know, you're absolutely right. There were there were so many conversations along the way where you know you have to you have to educate folks on what that intent is. It's like you know you're. And I think on the creative process of it, like we worked with a lot of really great and talented art directors, creative directors, artists, graphic designers, and there's always a strategy. There's an underlying strategy to every project. Um, and being really intentional about what you put out there or what you're striving to create to kind of solve for that that problem or that that project is, is so important, especially now. Um, so like to your point of how many images do you need? We need all of them. It's like, well, not really. You don't need all of them. Right. You need... You need a handful of really, really good ones to do their job alongside of, you know, alongside copy, alongside design. Um, and that that is the bigger package. Sure. As a photographer, your your ability to communicate that and your ability to um, kind of lead people down that path is ultimately going to save them a bundle of money. Because if you call me and say, we need, we just need all the shots. Like, can you just like shoot for a day? You know, as opposed to saying like, man, we need to roll out these three things in the next month. I can bring you down and probably get you down to half a day. You know what? If we're looking at very specific things, as opposed to going like, we need it all. Well, you know what? That's going to be a week in the studio then. And, and you're going to end up wasting a lot more money. You're going to end up wasting a lot more, going back to the photographer side, you're going to end up wasting a lot more frames and a lot more time digging through frames that you don't even need. Oh, yeah. You know, because you were just going for it. You know, absolutely. And so, I, you know, it, it's an efficiency thing, I think. So often what happens on those types of situations, and I see this often with when I talk to young photographers, um, is that, you know, it's like, oh, I had a deliverable. I had to, 100 deliverables. I gave them 100 things. And the first 20 or 30 things I was really clicking with. Right. They were my favorite. I had the, the motivation to edit them and tweak them the way that I saw them in my mind. By the last 30 or whatever it is, the, the end of that work, you, you run out of steam, you know, you, you don't love it anymore. Sure. Um, and I think that as a creative person, and I, I can't only speak for me, like those are really destructive moments. You know, you like, you, you go into a project really, really excited about what you're going to make. And as you get further down the rabbit hole, you like it less and less. And then by the end of it, you're just like, all right, well, that was a thing that I did. Right. And I don't know, I think there's a certain pride that's lost in that. Which, you know, if you're doing the work that you love um, and you're getting to work with those people or those clients or those, those customers, however that works for you, then you should love that work. You should love it when you're done with it. Agreed. A hundred percent. And I think the bigger question is when it comes down to it and the phone rings and you, I'm asking you specifically, when, you're, when you are posed with the question of we want it all, we need it all, what do you do? I mean, I always try to pump the brakes a little bit, you know, and say, let's go back to, you know, what's your, what's your strategy here? What do you, what do you hope to come away with? And what do you hope to accomplish with these particular, like with this set of images? Sure. And I think if you, if you really get people to just kind of take a quick pause, not even a full stop, just like a quick pause, I think they kind of understand like, no, you know, you're right. We don't need 50 things in our blog post. We need, we need 10, we need 10 really good things. And I think, if they look at it from the bigger perspective of like, and I'm a big fan of images and good copy, mm -hmm. you know, like I think that me being very visual in terms of what I do for a living, I think that just as much as I want to make something pretty, I need someone's really, really great words or great copy to push that forward, right? Mm -hmm. 
it's a, it's a, I think it's a hand in hand thing. It's an ebb and a flow. So there's a good, there's a good balance you need to strike with those things. Um, and I say the same thing for like video work, you know, it's like you can have stunning visuals, but you got to have good story. Sure. Right. So it's, it's kind of that same, that same draw. Um, I don't know. And I think that when people, when people call me, I hope, gosh, I'm like, this is, you know, imposter syndrome to the biggest degree, but sure. like, I hope that they're calling me for my time spent in the trenches doing the work and my expertise and, or what little, what little expertise I'll say I have in that, you know, <laughs> um, like I, sometimes I think we all think we're two bit hacks, but like, at the end of the, at the end of the day, like if you're worth your salt, then like they should be asking you and you should be giving them like your honest, your honest work, your honest opinion. Like, yeah. I don't think you, I don't think my talents are best served by giving you a thousand of something that are okay. Right. I think they're best served by giving you, you know, 50 of something that are exceptional. Right. It's kind of distilling it and boiling it all down to like the most, you know, condensed or fine, like not finite, but like the most, I don't know. The best of the best. The best of the best. Yeah. Yeah. You're... It's that simple. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, back to like, okay, so kind of one step up. We kind of got deep into that. So the importance of having intention when making photos. And I guess from a top level, I'll say this, because um, I, I find myself doing this more and more and more and more um, because no matter how far you are in your photographic journey or professional journey in this thing, um, I see it. I see it all the time. But it's that whole idea of how you're framing, what you're framing, what you're trying to show, what you're trying to light, how you're trying to shape that light. So those are like all those big questions yeah. um, are, I think, super, super important. And so like before you, you kind of press, full press that shutter down, think about that. Like how many images, I, I can't tell you how many images I've looked at over the past, I don't know, even month. And like I'll have a series of five images, right? Like that I was ripping through on a shoot. And like one is really good, but I, I, I didn't see something errant in the frame. Like there's like a, 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 you know, a crooked pole or something that doesn't seem fully aligned. Mm -hmm. And so it's like every time I bring the camera to my face now, I think, am I, are my horizons aligned? Um, are my framings or my compositions good? Is my talent, you know, is my talent looking happy? Is it, you know, all the little odds and ends that I think. Like, you've learned think stuff. Right. Well, I hope so. I hope I've learned things. Gosh, if, it, if I haven't at this point in my life, then there's no hope for me. Um, but I think that no matter where you are in that, that stage of this, this, this visual making career path, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm sure some people can maybe, hopefully you can relate to this, but how many times have you looked at an image and you go, this is really great, except I wish I, I wish my camera wasn't crooked or I wish that that model had their hand a little bit higher. Right. And it, you could have had that if you just said, "Hey, can you raise your hand a little bit?" Or, oh, "Let me adjust my camera or the horizon a little bit." I think those are the, the like those quick pulse breaks, like just tapping the brakes and say, "Wait a minute, before I rip the shutter, let me just adjust, let me yeah. just tweak," um, because I, they're the they're the small things that make a big difference. You agreed. I I and on the flip side, there's a lot of photos I've seen that are crooked and wildly out of focus. And, you know, everything that you and I and a lot of photographers would think make a really horrible photo are being run in, you know, very high fashion magazines. Because the intent is the feeling of the photograph and not the technical prowess of said photographer behind the photograph. Which takes you down a really slippery slope because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> How much time do we have on this episode? <laughs> Uh, the, I, I, I totally get that. 
um, I think that the artistic interpretation of the of the artist comes into play with that. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know because I I've never been one to be um, I've never been one to harp on technical perfection because I am a guy that like I'll lay my cards out on the table. I never went to photo school. Right. You know, um, I was I was I was an apprentice for a guy for a long time, and I loved it, and I started doing it, and then I hated it for a little bit, and so I tried something else, and then I fell back into it, um, kind, of, kind of like a happy accident. Sure. And so I think that, you know, I, th- I think that there's a saying I've heard before is that you got to know the rules so you can break them, so you know when you can break them. Yep. And I think for what you're talking about, there's absolutely there's room for that, right? That's the that's the that's like when you hear a jazz musician start riffing with another musician, right? You know, like that that is not that's not technically perfect. That's not um, that's not written down. It's just it's just the jam. It's a jam session, right? Sure. And I think that to a certain extent, there's a little bit of that artistry that comes with what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, when you can kind of bend the rules or put your own little spin on things, take your interpretation to into that into that piece of work. Um, I guess that's the thing about art. It's like, it's completely subjective. Right. And as long as you can sell somebody on it. Credit to it's them. All- <laughs> I guess I, maybe, maybe they have it right and we have it wrong. It's that, you know, well, you know, it's, if you can convince someone to buy it, by all means, power to you. Regardless of whether I like it or not, uh, that's part of the game though, is selling your intentions. <laughs> you know, I'll well, go back I guess, to it. Like, I guess, so to use the word intention quite literally, if the intention is to make it that way, then sure, absolutely. Sure. That's like, that's like at the, that's like at the, the, the top tier level though, right? Like right. your full intent is to do it this way. And my, my, my thought two steps back about, you know, thinking through each shot before you kind of rip through it, mm-hmm. that's maybe three steps down. It's like, if you're, if you're aspiring or you're in the day to day of it, you know, how many, like, go through your last shoot. How many, what was your take rate? Right? So, like, if you have a thousand images, how sure. many did you, how many did you say, these are, these are good. These are good to move forward for the next step for calling, calling down. Yep. And I will hand these over. Because, um, like, I don't know, I, I try to think back to film days where, like, all, every shot was money. Right. And so, it's like, you wanted your take rate to be as high as possible. Sure. You don't, you don't press that button unless you know you got something good. Um so, you know, I think about it that way. It's like when I, when I put my eye into the viewfinder and I start like, you know, directing a, 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 a model or some talent or trying to work through the image of what I want it to be, I think a little bit harder about what am I trying to accomplish here? What am I trying to show? How am I trying to shape, shape the light? And, and then I'll, then I'll full, full blown process with the shot. Right. Um, there's actually an interesting game when I was like when I was in college, I used to shoot sports, um, sideline sports. Like I used to shoot basketball games and football games. Not at my college, but uh, other stuff like that. Like school newspaper and, stuff. Kind of yeah, like school newspaper yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, I tried to I tried to do some freelancing for the local newspaper in town. That kind of thing. I mean, I I really loved photography, so I was like yeah, I'll take any shot I can. Um, but there was a game I used to play with uh, a, a guy I knew there. Um, we would get the smallest memory cards we could find. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I guess that this is going to date me. But I, <laughs> we'd get like, we'd get like one gig cards. Okay. Or like 512 yeah. meg cards. This would, you know, and we would say, okay, so you have, 
you have 80 exposures, you have 80 shots. Right. Whoever's got the best 80 at the end of the night buys the beers. Awesome. And, and like, I don't know. I try to think, I try to go into most shoots with that mindset. It's like, like I pop a card into my camera now. It's like, you have 2,000 shots. Right. I'm like, okay, well, if I shoot 2,000 at this thing, then I've truly failed. Because <laughs> it doesn't take 2,000 to tell this story. Like, that would just be insane. I, it's funny that you say that. When I got my start uh, a million years ago, 10 years ago, or whatever, um, it was in events. We were shooting bar mitzvahs and weddings and stuff. And we used to play a game where, you know, without, without ruining the person's event, the game was you can only shoot a 35 tonight or you can only shoot a 50 mil tonight or, or you can only shoot your backup camera tonight which at the time was a difference between, you know, a 5D2 and a, God, it could have been a 20D or what, you know, whatever you were, <laughs> you know, and like, but, but it made you work that much harder. It made you think that much harder. Like I knew at the time, I knew my 5D2 was just golden in low light, you know, <laughs> like it could do anything. Oof. Ah, it was, Technical you know. Technical marvel, that camera. Oh my God. But to go back to a, uh, actually it was a 50D. To go back to a 50D, was, whew, you know, like you were really working for it. But no, I like this idea of like t putting in technical limitations to better you artistically or as, I don't mm -hmm. know, I, I, I like to think of like, and I've, people that know me have you know, will roll their eyes when they hear me say this, but when people ask what makes a professional photographer a professional, mm -hmm. I, I don't like to say, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a paycheck. I don't think it's a commission because I, I think there are lots of people that probably shouldn't be doing what we do that get paid very, very well for it. Um, so I don't, I don't really call it that, but I, I do think what makes a professional photographer a professional is that when things go wrong, which inevitably they do okay. on every shoot, there's always a hurdle. There's always something. Always. When, things, when, some, when something goes wrong, you know what to do. You know how to problem solve and you work around it. You work the problem until you find a solution. And I think that that's what makes a professional photographer a professional photographer. Yeah. Um, it's not that you have the best gear. It's not that you have the most expensive camera. It's not that you, you get the biggest commissions or you have the biggest clients. Like, it's that when you're on those jobs or when you're doing that thing, whether it's a, a, you know, a birthday party, a quinceanera, a, a wedding, or if it's million-dollar campaign sure. to, those, to those guys out there, guys and girls out there, like, <laughs> it's when something goes wrong when capture one takes a dump or when, you know, your camera body flies out of your hand, you can figure out what to do next. Yeah. Um, or like you have talent that's not working, like that's not, you know, working with the look you're trying to do. You can work around that and get what you need out of it. Sure. And so to your point, like putting in those technical limitations, you know, like, Hey, tonight we're only shooting 50 mils. Good luck. Right. You know? And I think, <laughs> I think like that, that in itself, those are fun little things that, you know, they can sharpen your skill set as a as an artist as a photographer. You know, Absolutely. you can say, "Let me think more creatively about my framing. Let me think about how I'm going to work around this one limitation." Yeah. I have really big respect for people that, and and I say this as a person that I don't think that I'm one of them. I don't think I've ever been or will ever be one of them. But like, there are people that I've met in my my career that, um, they take regular equipment and they make extraordinary art. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a, there's a buddy of mine here in Atlanta. His name's Dan Almasy. He's a really, really, really creative dude. He's got a sick and, beard, right? Yeah. He's I know got him, an incredible, be I know incredible him from beard. Instagram. 
He's he's wild. I mean, like if he, <laughs> if anyone's not following him, they should because his stuff is is off the wall. It's yeah, amazing. just his beard alone is. And and like the guy connected to it couldn't be any better. Like it's amazing. He's just an amazing <laughs> dude. But like I I t- I see him the work that he makes. Um, he makes these inc- like I mean incredible everything. But his portraits are my favorite, and he shoots primarily with a Fuji a Fuji cam like mm-hmm. an X100, one of those bot like one of those bodies. And, you know, I've used the Fuji X100. I love that camera. It's amazing. But I can't make it sing the way he does. Really? It's, it's, it's just, it's phenomenal to me. Like, I see the stuff he creates with it, and I get, like, downright, like, I get jealous. Like, holy cow. <laughs> how, do you, how did you do that? And um, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where it's like he just, he just knows his, he knows his equipment, and he has, he has so much thought and intention when he makes his work it's like i'm gonna go into this with the idea of here's what i'm here's what i've been thinking here's what i've been conjuring up in my head i'm gonna go make that now yeah. and i'm gonna know my i'm gonna know my equipment backwards and forwards you know inside and out um upside down and right side up and that is why his work is phenomenal yeah and i get to just like ooze like gush over it <laughs> one of my favorite uh photography books ever is a book called i think it's called contact sheet I believe it is. We'll have to put it in the show notes or something. But it is, it's full of very famous photographs that everybody would know. And what it is, is it's the contact sheet and they're all grease penned up and they're all marked. And then there's, it's a page, you know, it's maybe a half page or a page story about it. And, but it is, I leave it on the coffee table in my studio because I often will just pick it up and turn to a page and look at it. And it is a great reminder of, there's a lot of bad photos that come before and after the one that everybody knows, you know? And, and also when you dig deeper into it, when you look at the contact sheet, you can see where they were going with it. And that's the thing that like really gets me stoked and pumped up when I, when I look at it is like, if you look through, you know, the, whatever, the 12 or 24 frames that are on that sheet, you can see, you can see where they were going and you can see when they got it and you can see when they lost it. That's the romantic part about being like being a photographer and doing what we do. I think it's like it's that it's I don't know. You should love the process more than the product. Mm-hmm. You know, and if there's ever totally. a day where you do, then you know, like that's a sad day. You know. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, I totally I, I love that. There's a there's a similar book now. I, I don't have the name of it, so I can't even put it in the show notes. Um. But it's of it's like a, a book of Hollywood portraits from like the forties and fifties mm-hmm. or maybe even the thirties, forties and fifties. Oh, well. And, um, and it's basically a look at how they created these incredible setups using the, in there at the time it's all hot lamps. There's no strobes. It doesn't, those don't oh, exist. Right. So it's like shooting with hot lamps with, you know, like eight by 10 size cameras. Like, I mean, when it was really, really intentional, like you really wanted to take this picture. Real commitment. Yeah. Like this is, this is the real deal. Like you're going to do this. Um, and so I don't know. I love that whole idea about the process. It's like, let's really think through this, how we're going to work this light, how we're going to work this model, how we're going to create this action. Um, and then, you know, obviously the dance that happens with, which kind of plays into what you said, like you can see where they're going until they get there and you go, wow, that was it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, we've talked about this in the past. This is an awkward segue to a thing that we're not even on our list. But, like, the idea that nowadays, like, content being, like, con- like photography, and as, as specifically being just content, and mm-hmm. it's essentially, like, throwaway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Instagram fodder. It's, it's something that you just kind of live your life around. 
Um, and yeah. how like that is a sad reality of what we do and where we're at with it right now. Like the fact that there's more images made today than ever before in the history of recording images. Right. Um, but that they're all more or less forgettable, despite the fact that we put like a lot of effort into them. I had a conversation with a family member of mine who I was like, man, you don't do the Instagram story thing. And he was like, my life is too important to be erased after 24 hours. Ooh, I, I like, know, right? Deep. That is so deep. And I was like, oh, that's egocentric. And then like within three seconds, I was like, oh, you're so right. Like, it's so disposable. Like, you're literally, like, if you don't act now, you're like, this is a limited time offer for real. Like, you want to see what I'm doing? You got 24 hours to see it. Well, and the internet lives gone. forever, though. Somewhere. <laughs> you, could be, you could be like me and you just put it on IGTV where, like, all four people in the world will go check it out. I, you do that. I don't know how to do that. How do you I, I do don't. that? You, so, for anybody that doesn't know, and you're not following this gentleman, um, uh, he does this, uh, these Instagram journals where he, he basically vlogs on Instagram and he does these beautiful little edits. And then when they're done, because he feels that his life is more valuable than 24 hours, he archives them to IGTV. Is that it's right? Truly, Did I say that right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's more or less. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's basically the, that's the stick. That's, that's the stick <laughs> that I have. Um, it's not that I think my life is more important than 24 hours. It's like, it's just the idea that I've kind of put effort into those things. And I don't know, I, I maybe I may, I'm like the only one that watches them, like me and my mom, probably. So thanks, mom. I Appreciate do watch you. Them. Oh, well, thanks. Th yeah. There you go. You and my mother are the two people in the world that will like watch them and like, oh, okay. My son did work today. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I think like, I, I see like the YouTube generation, like I see like the, the, the folks that are like technically like they'll classify themselves as YouTubers. And I think that that's hey, that's a lot of work. Like if you are a vlogger, if that's what you do, if you have a YouTube channel with any kind of following at all, um, and you go through the, the process of like doing that drill every single day or even every other day, like hats off to you. Cause that's an incredible amount of work. It's a lot of effort to do that. And, um, I don't know. I think that I started it as a way to just, like another creative outlet. Um, I do this thing where like, I am a truly tortured creative soul and <laughs> that like I'll work until I don't have anything to do or I'll work until I do the same thing over and over again. And then I'll hate all of it. I'll just be like, Oh, my work stinks. I don't like any of my things. Oh, I wish I was doing the work that David was doing or like, I wish I was doing the work that so-and-so was doing. And I think it's like a, it's a very destructive comparison game. <laughs> uh, but then from that, from that comes something super positive in that I get like, angry enough at myself where I go like, you know what? I'm going to fix that. I'm going to go make something today and um, I'll just start ripping into it. So I've had a couple different iterations of this, like ebb and flow of my, like my creative life. Um, and this video IG thing is like it's most current iteration of it. So, and I think once like, once it becomes not fun anymore, I just stop doing it. Like and all that's creative okay. people. Yeah. I hope, that's I hope it's okay. <laughs> I hope it's okay. I mean, like, I, my luck, I'd probably stop right before something good happens. Like, you know, like the precipice of like, ooh, this is, this is it. Like, you've done something great. It's like, I'll probably stop right before that. So I'll never see the massive, like, I'll never see the, the yield on that output. Um, okay, so let's go there then. Um, so, you, you, all right, so you've got me and your mom, which is cool. Um, and maybe your wife watches them every once in a while, right? And that's it. But 
you keep doing them. And you've been doing them for, I think, about two months now, if I remember correctly, about a month and a half. That's about right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, I guess, I guess where I'm getting at is that you don't have a lot of followers. It's not like you're Instagram famous and people are all over the world are like, oh my God, we got to tune in to see what Ashton and his crazy dog does today. You know what I mean? He like, sits around and drinks coffee yeah. all day. Yeah. There's literally yeah, like, much. oh, he had lunch with somebody else. Whoa. You know, like I eat food today. <laughs> well, like, there but, is the, a, but you keep doing it, and that's what's interesting to me is that you know you don't have a giant following. You know that you only have whatever a couple hundred or a couple fifty or whatever it is, you know, that are watching it. But I think what you're doing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you're playing the slow game here, and you're playing the game of being a professional photographer, which is I need to stay in front of the people that I want to work for. And so you're documenting your daily life or your weekly life and you're editing it into a very sexy little package and you're presenting it in the hopes that, you know, when you don't talk to someone for a month and a half that you've done work for, that they see you and they go, ah, man, we should call that guy. Look how much fun he's having at that other shoot, eating lunch with that guy. Let's, Let's call Ashton back up and hire him for the next shoot. You know, it's funny. You should say like I, I didn't quite f- feel it out that far. I, I think like for I, <laughs> well, which means should. that you are you are a far better businessman than I will ever be. Um, I think I'm just winging it out here while you're like you, you have an actual like this is why you've been in business for ten years and I'm just kind of like oh yeah I guess I should do this. Um, I think like I think that that's probably just like a, a happy like a serendipitous you know, yield of the, the, the thing that I'm making, the widget that I'm making. Mm -hmm. I started the whole thing with the premise of like, just feeling creatively stale. I think that like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to sound like a whiny kid, but like I get through these, I get through these seasons of life in my creative work where I just, I feel really creatively stale. I don't like anything that I do. I think it's all just kind of crud. It's crap. I want to throw it out and start over. And that's not to say that like, I'm not proud of it. It's just that like, oh, well, you know, I've done that and I wish I could have done better. And, and so I think, well, what am I, what am I, what would make me feel better? It would make me feel better to get up and stop worrying about it and just go make something. Right. And so like, it's taken on different iterations. Like I mentioned earlier, um, a couple years ago I did, it was this thing called the make something project, um, where every day I woke up and I decided I was going to make something new. I was going to go and try to make a new photo. And I would like my, my accountability, my accountability thing was posting it to Instagram. Okay. So it seems like Instagram is like my accountability buddy here. Cool. Um, so like I would wake up in the morning and I would do my regular job. I'd go to my agency job and I would you know do my thing there and help people out. And then around like four o'clock I'd be like, okay, it's time to make something. And I'd go into the studio and I would just, try something out and i think the first like and i did this like every single day and so the first week and a half i basically used my entire bag of tricks i was like oh these are all the things that i'm comfortable with these are all the things that i know how to do really really well and then like after a week and a half like that like that that thursday came along and i was like i have no idea what to do i have no idea what i'm how i'm gonna light this who I'm going to, like, what am I going to shoot? Am I going to shoot a person? Am I going to shoot a thing? Mm-hmm. It was mostly with people. I, I feel like people are kind of like where I like to do my, do my, my pictures. Yeah. Um, and so on that day, it was like, I, I literally don't know what, what to do. I don't have any more tricks up my sleeve. And that is where the, 
the growth came. I'm using magic air quotes now. You can't see them. Um, but it's okay. You have someone here that's willing to sit in front of your camera. You should thank them, number one. But then now don't hold them for two hours. Make, right. make, something, make something happen <laughs> and go. And so, you know, there's a little bit of thinking on your feet. There's a little bit of working with a new, a new talent person every day. And, and that's where I started to learn stuff. I started to learn stuff like that I like, that I could do, that I, I've seen before that have crept into my brain. And now I'm going to try to make something similar. Um, cause like, you know, real artists steal. So, um, Always. yeah. And so that's where that kind of worked out. So I did that for a while, but then, so this year, this is like my new, my new make something. It's like my day is completely mundane. Most days, like I get up and I feed my dog and we go for a walk and I'll go have lunch with somebody if I'm lucky. Um, and they'll let me talk to them for a little bit. And I was like, you know what, this is all pretty straightforward, but like, let me just do something about it. You know, like this is what I do. And um, some days it's really cool. Like some days people get to come along with me and like they're on a shoot with me. And like you can see that, you know, I run a, I'd like to run a really fun set and sometimes we get to do fun things. Right. But most days it's just like hanging out. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to think, there's a, there's a YouTuber, uh, Jesse Driftwood. I don't know if you, you follow him. Do not uh, know him. He is, oh gosh, I'm going to ruin it. I think he's out of the Midwest, but like his stuff is incredible. I mean, like absolutely phenomenal. I mean, and it's, and it, I heard him say like, yeah, he goes, my life is mundane. Like, you know, I just try to make my everyday life look fun. You know, like it's not always exciting and, you know, jumping out of airplanes, but this is what I have and this is what I'm going to do with it. Right. And so I don't know. I think there's something to that. I think that, you know, it more or less like that, that's the technical challenge. It's like your day is not very complicated. Your day is kind of boring or whatever. So you still got to finish the drill though. Right. Like that is your exercise for today. Agreed. And I, I don't know. I think that with those types of opportunities and I don't, that takes on different forms for everybody. But for me, it's like, I'm going to wake up today. I'm going to try to make something. And you know, if nobody watches it, that's okay. Like yeah. it ain't, it wasn't for you anyway. And it's a super selfish thing, but like, interesting that, that is what it is. Like I made it because I, I needed to finish the drill. Huh. Um, consequently, like what's happened from that is, you know, there have been people along the way that say like, Hey, that looks like it, it looks like it's fun. So yeah, there we go. Added benefit. Um, so it took you four and a half minutes to tell me that I was wrong. Well, no, not wrong. <laughs> just like, I think that's like a happy consequence of like, you know, like right. what I've been doing, but no. I, so what's I, I cool think, is that you set out to make yourself feel better. You set out to make it. something, it's, it's, right? It's self-therapy. And, self-therapy and, in the worst way. Correct. And the beauty is that 1,200 miles away, some guy that you kind of know was like, ah, oh, man, look the brilliance that he's laying out and playing the slow game and staying in front of everybody. And then you were just like, oh, no, I was just doing it for myself, man. <laughs> like, that's cool, though. I mean, it's cool that you, like, you did it for whatever reason, but now I'm telling you that you're wrong. You're wrong. And what you're doing is, which, which is brilliant, because this is what we're all trying to do, is somehow stay in front of it's why we post Instagram. It's why we post YouTube. It's why you and I are doing a effing podcast right now, okay, is because we want to stay in front of people. We want to stay on top of it. We want to see what's going on, and we want to share what we have with people. And in the long run, sorry, we want to be – we want to collect more friends and hang out more and take more pictures and get more jobs. Absolutely. <laughs> No, no, I will. No, I mean, I told you this. Like the whole reason we were we we kind of spitballed this whole podcast idea in my mind um, was, you know, I spent a long time working at working in a space where 
I was more or less, I felt siloed in some capacities. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, and I had made friends along the way in the creative world, like that were doing their own thing. And, you know, there, there were certain points at which there was like jump in points. Like you could be part of this, but I was like, no, 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 I got, I have my thing right here. I have to kind of stay focused on. And so I don't know. I feel like my, my biggest, my, my largest leaps in creative growth have happened when I'm in situations like this, you know, where I'm like spitballing what the importance of having intention when making photos looks like, you know, it's, or, you know, talking through the finer points of why my silly IG videos or Instagram videos are like, they were very much a self therapy thing. Like I'm not making widgets. Let me go make some widgets. Um, so I don't know. I think that, you know, to that point, like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think there's this, there's this urge for, most creative people, I wouldn't say all, but most creative people to like always be making something. Mm-hmm. It's like how we feel better. Um, it's like the weird part about being a creative. And so, and it's always better when you do it, when you do it with like-minded creatives, you know, when you right. have that, that shared communal space. Um, Cause things are better when we're together. Right. Uh, See, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it kind of leads us. We've got a million topics on the paper here, which we'll cover over the course of season one it sounds lofty <laughs> to say that but i like i like to think that we're gonna have a season of this yeah. this is good but um but that's it's i did i did i just i i softballed you i threw you a lob i think they call it or something like that where i was like look at you with your wonderful slow play marketing um which is actually one of the topics on our list um which is kind of like unconventional marketing ideas and and how do you stay in front of the people that you need to stay in front of when you're a million miles away. I mean, there's, you know, some of the creative directors or whatever, some of the agencies that I work for are literally thousands of miles away and I can't pop into their office or have lunch with them or, um, you know, and I don't want to call them on a regular basis. Just be like, Hey man, I'm still taking pictures, you know, like, uh, but call me. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I don't want to send them a postcard because too many photographers send postcards. And so, you know, how do I unobtrusively or, or whatever? I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a million ways to market now. I mean, I, I, I I'll, I'll kick this one off because I've been in business for eight years on my own as of this year. And never once did I ever market myself. Okay. I never once. Sorry. When I first opened and I was shooting weddings, I took out an ad in the newspaper once. Okay, and like a classified uh, ad, like yeah, it's like, it like, hey, I'll I'll film your wedding day for free. Uh, no, it was love like a, to know those cups like that. It's like an ad a, with a picture. Oh, that's rolling the dice for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, and the beauty of it is, I'll I'll go all the way. Is that we? I was with a business partner at the time. We forgot to. So when you signed up with the newspaper, they were basically like, okay. It auto renews. We were like, okay, cool. And we forgot to cancel it. And so, like, what en- it ended up costing us like thousands of dollars. <laughs> Could you imagine the couples that are like, honey, don't you worry. I found their photographer. Yeah. This guy in, in the, the newspaper. In this guy in the newspaper. In the yeah. classified ad. Right? I mean, this is like 2010. This is not like the, this is not in the 80s. Like, we literally thought, like, oh, we'll put an ad in the newspaper. That, that makes sense, right? Worst idea ever. Anyway. <laughs> um, there's my share for the day. <laughs> uh, but I've never, ever, ever marketed. I never, I didn't use my Instagram for um, 
I used it to post pictures of my dog and my wife and my vacation. Um, my Facebook was the same thing. I didn't have a blog on my website. I didn't have a YouTube. Uh, I just, I didn't, it was kind of my personal life. And the phone rang enough where I was okay with that. Um, and so, but all of a sudden this year, I was like, wow, you're doing all right. You know, you, you're in this for eight years now, but what if you tried a little bit? <laughs> Imagine how much better you could be doing. And so I did. I started, uh, I actually started a blog first. People still do that. And uh, I started. Those are real things. It's a real thing. And I started an email blast and, and I got attention from it. I actually landed a job off my email blast, which blew my mind. I thought, like, oh, wow, holy shit, this actually works. I should keep doing this. And then, um, I, you know, in January, I also flopped my, my YouTube account. Um, you can still see my, my personal life prior to 2018. It's still there. I didn't archive it. So you get to a point where all of a sudden, like, all the crazy studio portraits stop and it's like a picture of tacos, but that's okay. Like I want people to know that like I made that jump at some point and um, you know, I started the YouTube and, and I've carried that on as best as I can. And it's just, these are my, they're not even unconventional cause they're very conventional obviously, but like these are my ways of staying in front of people and, and marketing myself now is, you know, I've got a website, I've got, mailers that go out i've you know i've got this and that i keep very good relationships um but these are just ways to kind of fill in the gaps you know and if you can commit to a weekly or bi-weekly or whatever the hell it is i think more power to you and so again you're wrong your instagram videos are keeping you in front of all those important people that you wouldn't normally see on a day-to-day basis well, and I mean, like, look, this is why you are a true businessman, and I'm just a two-bit hack here. Like, <laughs> I guess the that is the happy circumstance of making those widgets. I mean, I hope, fingers crossed, mm-hmm. gosh, if you're listening out there and you saw them and you like them, please call me. Let's talk. Um, but I think, like, I don't know. I, I, You see it as a marketing thing, and yes, that's absolutely uh, uh, what happens from it, which is fantastic. But I like I see like I watch the YouTube video like I watch your YouTube channel um, and I'm like I drop comments because like that's who I am. Right. Um, but I think of them as like really great inspirational pieces. Um, I don't know, like to fellow creatives, like because I think it's it's what we're doing here. It's like, hey, we're all we're all in this kind of thing together, you know, and we all get better when we all talk about that common struggle. Because right. uh, I think you realize, like, you're not truly as alone as you think you are. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that, that one time you did something wrong and you beat yourself up for it, it's like, yeah, we've all been there. We've all done that. Or, hey, you know, like, I haven't gotten a phone call in a week. Like, what's that all about? Like, we've all been there. We've all done that. Yeah. So I think, like, sharing those things and, and kind of having that, that dialogue and making stuff from that, um, I don't know, it just, it, it's, it's feel-good vibes, right? Absolutely. It's putting good stuff out into the world. Absolutely. With the happy byproduct of like people will will listen. I think the beauty of what you're doing is that, and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't IGTV, but does it give you stats on how many people watch that thing? Yeah. I mean, so like I, like you said, I'm not like super, I don't have a ton of followers. I'm in the, I'm in the like, I'm in the like the, the, the peasant follower count mm-hmm. base. Um, so I have, I have incredible followers. Ding, ding. Like, you're out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank Thanks, you mom and me. dad. Um, yeah, right. Um, if, if, you, if you do, tell your friends. Maybe we can all do this together. 
that being said, there are, there are some rough metrics on like who watches and you know who skips through, who's gone back and watched them again. Well, not who's gone back, but how many times someone has gone back and maybe watched it again. Not specifically who, but right. if they did. Um, so there's some rough parameters. It's like, I, I will say that, I mean, I joke about only two people watching them. And there's rough, I, I, get, a, I get roughly like 10% of, 10 to 20% of my follow base watches all the way through. Which my follow base is really small, so like it, you know, it's, it's not a crazy number, but it's enough for me to be like, oh, okay, well, you know, I made these for me. These are purely like I started these for me, and I keep making them for me. But I'm glad that people are along for the ride, and I'm so thankful, like that. Anytime anyone does sit through and like spends four and a half minutes watching me go about my day, like that means a lot to me, and I I, I appreciate it, and I hope. And like, I think for me, the motivation then becomes, I need to make these better. Right. Right. Like, so it's like, as I'm making these widgets, it's, it's more, it's like, it's skill, it's skill learning. It's like, okay, let me, let me play with final cut a little bit more. Let me learn a little bit more about transitions. Let me try to think about how I'm going to like record my day and make it somewhat interesting to watch for those people that have been nice enough to like indulge me with their time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's kind of, it started and it still is very much a motivation of like, I just want to make something. I need to keep myself kind of creatively sharp. Yeah. But then the other part of it is as people have watched it, it's like, oh, well, thank you for doing that. Like, that's incredible. I never thought anyone would. So let me try to make them a little bit better for you. Right. Hoping that like, maybe I'll make that four and a half minutes a little bit more bearable for the next time. Sure. And, and what will happen over time is in a year when you've garnered uh, another th thousand or 50,000 followers is that, you know, <laughs> what started off as a beautiful little pet project for you to feel better about your life, you know, draw a movement or drew a movement in the end. And that's, you know, or that's, I, that should be your goal. That's okay. That's not, I, I don't think that that's, uh, you know, I don't think that starting a YouTuber, I, I, I respect you for doing what you did, obviously. <laughs> I'm not going to steamroll you here, but uh, but you're half full Thanks, of shit, bud. so I'll tell you. But <laughs> no, but I think you know, I think that that it's okay to be like, oh man, I started this thing for myself, and like five people said it was pretty good, so I kept doing it, and I kept trying to do it better, and then like a hundred people said it was good, and like you know, now I'm doing it full time for the people. That's okay. I think that's really okay. You know, like uh, you know, the Peter McKinnons of the world. God bless you. Like. That's amazing that, you know, you started off being like, I'm just going to do this thing. And now it's, that's how you make your living. You know what I mean? Like you now do that every day of your life. You know, I think, I don't think there's any shame in that whatsoever, you know? And I think that it's admirable that you start something for yourself. You know, you start it for this, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to create something. I'm going to create art. I'm going to do whatever. But hey man, if it gets wings and or legs or whatever appendages you want it to have, if it gets them, let it run or fly or go whatever <laughs> well and you know like okay so like to like circle it back to unconventional marketing ideas like i i guess for so there's a guy uh out of south carolina uh incredibly talented uh photographer his name's clint davis um and i i follow him on all the social channels he's like every once in a while i'll see him come through atlanta and i'll like send him a note be like oh man you're incredible and he'll be like mm. yeah thanks man like cool um, but he, he does, he has a couple blog posts over the years where he talked about how he sends 
his he does like a mailer mm-hmm. or he's done a few mailers and where he sends these out to like art buyers art directors creative directors sure. all the agency powers of be and stuff like that um and he walks through the process of that and like this last one from 2018 i'll date the episode so there we go it's 2018 um for a little bit longer at least and um he he did this incredible so he's an automotive photographer um he did this incredible mailer where he had a, some pieces of his work um with with cadillac with o, an oem called cadillac oem cadillac um and with that he created these he sent every one of these packages was a piece of his work and then a individually picked packed lego set with like a race car like a race car lego set and like the little and like the little lego man that was the driver was supposed to be the person he was mailing it to oh crazy i mean just holy cow what an incredible idea um and like in terms of effort like i would think that's a lot of effort like yeah and if i were to get one of those packages (laughs) i'd think yes i need to call this guy that's incredible sure and his work, his work stands on its own. So it's like without the toys, his work is still fantastic. But in terms of a way to get attention, to separate yourself from the crowd, that's phenomenal. Um, so I don't have a marketing brain like that. Like mm-hmm. I am not, I'm not nearly that gifted in, in, in that respect. So what, what I can do is I can try to make something fun for you to watch on your phone while you're like, you know, going about your dumb. day or well, <laughs> while you're in the, in the restroom or while you're you know sitting around at the doctor's office whatever if you flip through my thing like thanks appreciate it i'll try to make it better so i got i don't know i think about it that way like i think we can all have our own little thing that kind of speaks to who we are totally like you have you have these these this series of youtube videos or the blogs that are just they're fantastic they speak to the creative person and I mean, I think they they also talk to the audience that isn't though. I think that it's 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 educating the masses, but also speaking to the per, like to the people like me, the image makers. You know, it's like yeah. there's that's a that's a that's a really great that's a really great audience there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it touches a lot of different people. So, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of people making videos about everything, obviously, but there's a lot of people making videos about uh, you know lighting and shooting and. BTS this and that. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of that. And if you watch my first video, that's what I I was trying to get there, but I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I started it. Man, I packed the cart, put all the gear on the cart. I drove to Boston and I didn't film a damn thing when I got there because I was too busy making pictures for the shoot. You know what I mean? Like that's super hard. Yeah, It's really hard. I, I, cause I thought to myself like, this is awesome. I'll just, I can do this. You know? And uh, no, I couldn't. And and the second video was just god awful. And but it took me like four or five videos to find my stride. And and then it literally just became like I, I like to talk about this. You know, this is what I like to talk about. I like to talk about how do you think? How do you create what you create? How do you get there? You know what I mean? And that's kind of um, I think that's where you and I connected on a level is that you know, that's what drives us. It's not, you know, like the money's great and we need it. Um, but it's, it's not for the money. It's man. I love having really fancy camera gear. Like that's cool too, but like, that's really not what it is. Like at the end of the day, it really came down to, man, I love to like make really cool shit and I want to make more of it. And I want to be around people that want to make more of it. And so that's where my YouTube channels ended up. It's catering to that. 
you know? Now, that make, okay, I'm air quoting too. I just realized it. That make is not necessarily a photograph. That make could be anything. You know what I mean? Like, people make stuff without making photographs. I understand that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just catered to, like, the agency guys and the photograph guys and the, you know? I, man, there's, like, business coaches that I know that, like, help make people's lives better. <laughs> you know, like that's their make. And I think that's pretty wild. And and I do see us being in the same plane or field, you know? Um, and so unlike you though, I want to stay in front of everybody's face and that's why I do it. Oh, so, okay. Nope, you can't well, you have know. it. You can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for anyone that has to look at my face. Like I, I chose I chose my career knowing full well that it means that it'd be covered up with something. Mm. My face would be covered up with something. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So unconventional marketing ideas. We cut. Wow, that was that was deep. I like Slammed that. it. Slammed it. That was good. That was good. Nailed it. Um, all right. So let's do this. Uh, let's let's wrap it today wrap with it. my favorite my favorite segment that we're going to do this forever now. Does it have two card slots? You pick the camera, my friend. Uh, let's see. Um, gosh. So many things to choose. Which one do I pick? Well, just because I feel like it's in the it's in the like collective the collective crosshairs mm -hmm. of photography. Let's talk about the Z7. The Z7. Does it have two? Does it ha the Nikon Z7? Does it have two card slots? It does not. Then it's a garbage camera. It is a crap camera. Um, have you touched one yet? No, I haven't. I you had, have. I had the luxury of holding one for about three weeks. And it, I think it's like 40-something megapixels. It uh, it has really beautiful sensor. Uh, Color-wise, it was great. Focus was not bad. The new lenses are cool, but... But the real question, does it have two card slots? No, so it's not even worth... No, it's not even worth it. It's not worth anything. <laughs> um, don't waste your time. Buy a different camera. And there we go. There is our segment. Does it have two card slots? Yeah, so... Uh, so yeah, in closing, uh, have some intent, I think. Uh, think outside the box when trying to contact and stay in front of people, and don't buy a Z7. Wow, look at that. That's yeah. a bombshell and a half. <laughs> Holy crap, we could have just done like a 30-second podcast. <laughs> yeah, we could have. That, that, that just sums it up. So for anyone that's listened up until now, there's your cliffs, yeah. your cliff notes. There you go. Just share that uh, piece. Yeah, thanks for, th thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, we'll take your show suggestions, what we're going to name this thing, uh, what should we talk about. Uh, if you want to be on it, if you're like a like-minded person, let Reach us know. Reach out. Yeah, we'll, we'll love to have you on. And, uh, and we'll do this again in two weeks. Yes. Yes, we will. We'll be here. Well, Amazing. maybe. I don't know. We'll see what happens in the void. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. See you later. Bye. Bye.